This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of the Go 24-7 podcast. Thanks for listening. I'm Billy Embody. With me is Shay Dixon. We're going to break down the beginning of the week. For LSU, it's the bye week, the open week. No game this week as we begin, though, to look ahead to LSU-Alabama. The lead-up for that one is certainly going to be huge over these next two weeks. But we've got plenty of time to talk about it. Ed Ozron updated some injuries on Tuesday morning, and we'll hear from him later in the week and as well as players. But there are some things to clean up. We're going to touch on that as we put the final button on the Auburn game, a 23-20 win in Tiger Stadium over the weekend. Shay, uh, that was uh, one that I thought was a little bit closer for comfort on, on second review for LSU. But, look, they got the win, and they were able to move on now to the bye week. Yeah, I mean, I thought that was the biggest thing, get to 8-0. Uh, and regardless of how it had to happen, even if it was sloppy at points, uh, make sure that you came out to win. They played with some fire there on the back end. I mean, they – they went in the second half and, and took about a 10-point lead, uh, and it looked like they were on cruise control. Auburn wasn't doing anything offensively. And then LSU has a number of three and outs, uh, penalties galore throughout the game, uh, and allowed Auburn to hang around, make that kind of final drive and, uh, and score. And then uh, obviously almost came up with the onside kick uh, after it went off an LSU player. I believe it was Sullivan. Uh, and Dylan scooped it up, and uh, Clyde got the first down, and they were able to – to kind of kneel things out from there. I guess he ran some time off the clock and they had a holding. So they redid the first down uh, after he picked up the yardage. And uh, from there they kneeled it out. But uh, yeah, look, I thought uh, we've talked about it a bunch uh, on the board and and in articles, but uh, Auburn's in Florida. It's never easy. Uh, You're going to face up against uh, good units and certainly players. And with Auburn, it was the defensive line. And uh, I don't think they'll play another, uh, guy as good uh, as Derek Brown the rest of the regular season, obviously. So um, to get out of there, you know, at 8-0 and and relatively healthy, uh, I think was a big deal for him. And Shay, we, we saw some salt uh, kind of coming out from Derek Brown. He was pretty adamant that he was being held all game and, and that it, uh, it really affected his ability to, uh, to impact uh, that one. Yeah, I also saw some LSU players kind of tweeting back at him saying, look, or tweeting back at the article saying, look, just uh, whatever happened to the days where you just took the L. So um, I'm curious uh, and kind of what their true feelings really are, not even uh, on Twitter, because I think that they felt that, uh, look, he was dominant. They played a tough game. Uh, you got to let the guys in the trenches go. Sometimes they'll always be holding. Uh, there'll always be different things you'll have to go up against. So uh, I'm not sure if I'm Derek Brown. I, I say much after that game and just let my, uh, play do the talking for me uh, and I know he wants to win the game and that's a big deal but uh, everyone who left that game uh, beyond saying LSU won it would probably say wow Derek Brown is better if not the exact you know same of of what I viewed him going in he's an absolute beast yeah and and look we won't spend much time on that but uh, I did think it was interesting we didn't get to talk about it after the game so I uh, wanted to hear from you on that and look 
the big thing everybody's watching is Grant Delpit's ankle. And Ed Ogeron's been pretty adamant now, and he ha- he's had some time to kind of get the reports from Jack Marucci and, and, and the training staff and do all of that. And, and Ed Ogeron said on Off the Bench with our, with our friends Jordy and T-Bob that he's fine and he's going to be ready to go come November 9th. Yeah, and I didn't have any, not much doubt there. So uh, I think that the uh, the overall point, I mean, right after the game, he was walking around kind of fine. Obviously, he went to the medical tent and uh, was pretty gingerly uh, moving uh, in the fourth quarter. But uh, after the game, I saw him on the field. He was talking to teammates, talking to his parents, told everyone, look, I'm fine. And uh, Orsron even said right after the game, you know, look, when we have serious injuries, the first guy that comes up to me after the game uh, is Jack Marucci who tells me, look, here's where things stand. Uh, he said Jack didn't come up to him about uh, Derek or anybody else, uh, excuse me, um, about uh, Grant or anybody else, including Stingley. So uh, it seemed like everything was good there. And then he confirmed it, uh, on, you know, on off the bench uh, on Tuesday morning. And I think knowing that it's a bye week, you get a, you know, you rest him. You're not really going hard this week. Uh, and then you move into Bama and Bama prep and they'll have sort of their normal Monday practice and go through the week, have the walkthrough at the end. And um, I have little doubt that, you know, that he'll be out there and he'll be available to play. Yeah, good news for the Tigers there. And this secondary will be tested with the Alabama receiving core that is among the best in the country. And look, uh, they, they do have some things to clean up uh, during the bye week. The secondary is, is going to have to be on point. But uh, it was kind of a sloppy, kind of like we said on Saturday night, kind of a weird game. The penalties, the red zone, kicking game. I, I thought the biggest thing for me is the, the red zone. They've got to be able to finish drives with touchdowns and, and certainly not uh, rely on the field goal unit, which kind of had uh, its own issues on Saturday. Yeah, I mean, I thought special teams all around was pretty poor. Um, you know, they almost not getting the onside kick. Uh, you clearly don't have a ton of faith in Cole Tracy, excuse me, and Cade York at this point. They'd have a lot of faith in Cole Tracy if he was out there, but – uh, you're working in a freshman kicker who was sort of hot to start the year. And now, uh, even on extra points, you kind of hold your breath if you're an LSU fan, because, uh, he's missed now. Um, they had some bad snaps or excuse, I guess I should say bad hold. Uh, and really, um, you saw they turned down a 50 yard field goal. They punted from the 30 something yard line. Uh, they ended up not being able to down it when Von Rosenberg had a really good punt to put it down there. Um, multiple special teams on punts. Uh, penalties and um, I don't I don't really buy into the notion of well you know they have more penalties because they punt you know Auburn punted it 10 times or whatever and LSU punted it however many times and there were this many kickoffs and you know the Avery Atkins play I, I don't really care I think that it's so simple not to make those sort of elementary mistakes and they were making them time and time again in that game more so than we'd ever seen so going into that Bama game I can guarantee you that Greg McMahon the special teams coordinator oh uh, they're going to be on there, guys, that special teams is one area you cannot be screwing up in in the sense of getting penalties. Like If you miss a kick, all right, you miss a kick, but uh, don't bring any unneeded stuff onto you. So uh, I didn't love that about their game, and, and I'm really curious kind of what their approach becomes uh, in this, what, next stretch, Billy, because if you're going up against Bama, it could be, you know, it could be a 0-0 game. It could be a shootout. I don't care. Either way, there's going to come a time where you're kicking extra points, you're going to need to kick field goals. And we saw how, in a way, indecisive they were just because of the flow of the game of, do we go for it on fourth and two from the goal line or should we just take these points? 
Um, and then at one point they did take the points and they were kind of back and forth. It didn't really ever match up. Uh, and I'm not a coach. I'm just, you know, observing from the press box and giving my two cents, which uh, only matter to, you know, myself and whoever cares to listen. But uh, point being, you've got to go into Bama with a good bit of confidence knowing, all right, here's what we're going to do with our kicker. And we're not going to screw up on special teams by way of penalties. Yeah, it's uh, by the way, funny you uh, uh, said Cole Tracy there. I ran into Cole around some of the tailgates pregame, and, and he said he's just uh, staying ready, trying to stay positive as he uh, continues to kind of catch on with, with an NFL team. They they really wish, obviously, that they have him. Not that Cade York's not going to be a great kicker for LSU, I think, in the future, but he's kind of run into a rough patch. He's got some things to clean up for sure. And uh, I think the biggest takeaway was, like you said, kind of that indecisiveness on what to do what not to do in terms of fourth downs and kicking and all of those things. There's a lot of things that were easily correctable. Avery Adkins is penalty, um, you know, catching the ball at the five instead of trying to pin it at the one. If you're Derek Dillon, you know, things like that, that they can correct, but yeah, they've got some work to do on special teams. They've got plenty of time to do it though. And so we're going to wrap up this portion of the podcast with uh, our team talk on the football team. We'll have plenty of time to break down LSU Bama Next week, you're going to have a ton of podcast content leading up to that. And we'll also have some recruiting content uh, on the podcast later this week as well. So kind of where things stand after a busy recruiting weekend and and some more commitments. But let's talk a little basketball, Shay. And we're going to do that right on the flip side of this break from the Go 24-7 podcast. We'll be right back after this. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady, a Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Welcome back to the Go 24-7 podcast. Thanks for listening. LSU basketball had its first open practice really of the of the fall. It, it showcased, they usually do this right before the season. It was a perfect time to do it with kind of a rainy day in Baton Rouge. Uh, Skyler May sat out, and, and Javante Smart was certainly limited. Uh, he's been dealing with a shoulder injury, but Will Wade kind of updated the media on where things stand on Monday as they get ready to play a charity exhibition uh, game up in Ruston to benefit the uh, Louisiana Tech and, and, and that community's tornado fund. So they'll be up there uh, playing a charity game this weekend. So Will kind of previewed that. He was also on off the bench on Tuesday morning. And Shay, uh, this team, the one thing that I think is standing out to me early on as the regular season approaches is that he's really comfortable with, with this kind of unit. Uh, he's just not used to this type of skill that he's had at other stops like like VCU and and UT Chattanooga. 
Yeah, you know, I thought that, and look, you're the, the basketball expert, you know, that program better than, or, or as well as anyone, I should say, that uh, that's out there. And I think the one thing that sticks out to me from someone who, you know, watches the team and, and observes it uh, through a lot of your reporting and what, what Wade says is that uh, what he said yesterday, and he said it again on, on radio this week, is kind of the narr- narrative of the offseason, or at least one of the storylines was, okay, last year you had these bigs, right? And Cavell obviously being the chief one, but, uh, and I know Naz wasn't always a post player, but he was a big dude. Uh, and a lot of your kind of defense and offense kind of ran, you know, through and knowing that you, you had those guys on the floor and how can you use them? Uh, and moving into the offseason, it was, well, how do they go get bigs? They need bigs. They need more bigs. And Wade just seemed really confident speaking this week of, look, I've, I love my lineup right now, and I've coached at all these different stops from an assistant at VCU to, you know, whenever, at UT Chattanooga to here. And, uh, and he said, look, I've, I've always had the type of roster I have right now. It's just never been this skilled. It's never had this many shooters. And that makes me pretty intrigued at kind of what he's got up his sleeve because I feel like Billy – He's going to tap back into, you know, kind of his mindset of what he had pre Bigby Williams and Naz, which is, you know, coaching stops that included uh, not just really talented guards, but also guys who play, uh, you know, the three and four that can really shoot the ball. And, and he seemed confident as can be in guys like Darius Days having a huge year and guys like Emmett Williams having a huge year and what these new kids trending and, and the rest of them have been able to bring to both sides of the floor. And obviously, you know, you get Javante and Skyler and, and guys like that back and, and losing Tremont, uh, you know, sucks. I mean, that's can't, can't really, I don't want to say you can't replace that, but, um, but he was obviously a, a key piece to him. Uh, that being said, it, it seems like for Wade, who never really, in my opinion, sugarcoat stuff very much. He said very bluntly, I love this roster right now because it's what I'm used to. Yeah. And somebody asked him about, uh, just losing Tremont and now, you know, Javante, who's very much experienced by this point in his LSU career and, and put the team really on his back at certain points of the season. You know, the Tennessee game came to mind when Tremont was out. And, and Wade did kind of say, look, look, he made a lot of great plays for us. But, yeah, it'll look different with Javante. They've got a lot of confidence in him. One player that is just gaining more of that preseason hype, and it just really hasn't stopped even since the summer, is Emmett Williams. He went through the NBA draft process. Uh, we talked with him on Tuesday after after they got done, or on Monday after they got done with practice, and and he said, "Look, I took away a lot of things, and and the main thing for him was the process of of being a professional, and it's not just fun and games and going around to all these teams and just working out for them, but he got a really honest assessment of his game, what he needs to improve on, and and one of the things that he's taken into, you know, I think." a personal challenge really is shooting from beyond the arc. And Will Wade's raved about how much he's, he's improved as a three point shooter. And as this team plays a lot more five out this year, which is something Will and, and Darius and, and some of the other guys talked about yesterday, uh, they're going to need that from Emmett Williams and it'll force teams to defend the entire floor when they're out there offensively. So Emmett Williams is somebody that uh, not just from, an energy energy perspective. He's one of the best rebounders on the team, uh, at least in terms of how how much effort he gives. But if he can round out his entire game, he's poised for a huge sophomore year.
Yeah, you know, I thought, too, that in the tournament, people were waiting for all the highlight reel Emmett Williams dunks and everything like that. And uh, and maybe we see him, you know, showing off the 40 plus bird again this year. But I really love that uh, that you and Wade have kind of talked up what that NBA draft process meant, because it's like it's such a good tool. Right. I mean, you talked about that all offseason, even if you know you're not going pro, but you can go somewhere and people give you a very honest assessment of where your game's at compared to everybody else out there, what you got to improve on. Uh, and it seemed like he came back uh, and, and once he got healthy, obviously was very uh, determined to, to kind of correct uh, all the little nuances of his game that, uh, that can help not just for the next level, but you know, then would be pretty big for him this year. So uh, I'm excited to see, and look, I'm, I'm pretty excited to see Trendon Wadford. And I, you know, I don't know immediately how much he comes into play. I mean, we'll find that out, I guess, soon into the season in terms of uh, how big of an impact he's really making. But when you look at what he did in the state of Alabama, if you're so many great kids have come out of that state playing basketball, if you're the all-time leading rebounder in that state, that says something about your aggressiveness, your sort of heads-up style of play. You know how to be around the basket. You know how to um, you know, defensively um, kind of show off that prowess in the paint and uh, I think that's something that you can never have enough of is a guy like that who uh, who knows how to get boards and, and isn't going to let other teams have a ton of second chances. Yeah, Trendon is is somebody that they uh, some of the players kind of compared to Nas a little bit um, yesterday when we were talking to them, just his skill level um, and, and what he's going to bring to the team you know, might be able to shoot a little bit better from beyond the arc and, and can certainly bring the ball up uh, the floor. That's something he's very, very comfortable doing. Trendon's going to be fun to watch. Uh, Emmett kind of had uh, a, a funny uh, little uh, thing to say about that. He said he can't, w- he cannot wait for people to start saying Trendon is trending. Um, I guess that's kind of something that he's hoping to see trending in a in a big way in a positive direction for LSU. They'll need Trendon and Emmett to have huge years this year uh, to to repeat as SEC champions. And look, I, I think in a, in kind of closing, the 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 culture's in place. There's a leadership council this year. Will Wade can kind of rely much more on, on players like Skylar Mays, Javante Smart, Darius Days, Marlon Taylor, Emmett Williams to kind of help keep him up to date on what is, what's going on with this team. Is he pushing the right buttons? And, and Will even said he's not going to be attacking issues as much as he is coaching them and, and giving them feedback and also sharing, hey, you're doing a great job because Bill is very much somebody that, that demands uh, a ton of ton of excellence in terms of everything they do but he also seemed like he he wants to recognize the great work that they put in yeah and I, one thing i wanted to ask you was and i know what were they in the ap poll were they 25 22 22 i think they well, were they, right yeah i saw cbs came out with their like all 300 or 200 however many basketball teams there are it doesn't matter uh but they had lsu at 40 which i was like whoa what what's the knock there yeah, I, I think when you lose a player like Tremont Waters, certainly, and, and Nas and, and Cavell, and you lose that rim protection like that, I, I think sometimes you can definitely overreact and, and not maybe look at the big picture, picture, which those are big losses. Don't get me wrong. All three are playing in the NBA. But you also see a huge part of the core returning and, and guys that, in a way, like if you're going to play Javante, you know, those big minutes that were eaten up at times by, by Tremont, that, that's a positive, too. I mean, that, that he's coming into his own. 
he was able to take over games at times this year. He's he adds a physic physical element to the game, which I don't think Tremont necessarily has. So it's gonna look it's gonna look really different this year. And people who watched LSU last year might not recognize it offensively, especially as much. But so I, I think there's just that uncertainty with losing a co SEC defensive player of the year and and two guys in the front court that are now playing in the NBA and 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 look maybe maybe LSU overachieves that uh, number and 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 gets back right in that top three two maybe wins the SEC again but uh, they've got a lot of work to do and and it's going to look a lot different but I, I do think the culture and and kind of how this team gels is going to be a lot easier than how last team last year's team kind of had to come together during non-conference play to go on that run in the SEC. Yeah, I'm excited to see it. You'll be there to cover it all. It starts in no time. It's crazy that November's rolling, you know, around right now. I know, I know. We got to get in that basketball, football balancing act mode, and uh, it's going to be fun. Uh, I'm excited for basketball to be back, and it kind of eats up some of that downtime we have on the back back half of the the week, and and uh, it just adds uh, a little bit more to do. But it'll be fun and. We'll be covering it all on Go 24-7, and, and we'll keep you guys up to date, locked in on basketball, football, recruiting, all of that. We'll have plenty more coverage uh, throughout this open date on the LSU Tigers as plenty of media availabilities are coming our way. So keep it locked on Go247.com. A big shout-out to everybody who subscribed to Go247.com with our big promo over the weekend. Uh, cannot tell you uh, how big of a weekend it was for us at, at Go247. We've, we've been... Jumping up the ranks on in twenty on 24-7 in terms of uh, rankings among our our peers in terms of how big our site is. So it, it's all thanks to you, Tiger fans, for, for jumping on board. So with that, we're going to wrap up this edition of the Go 24-7 podcast. Thanks for listening. And leave us a rating. Leave us a review. Tell us how we're doing. And have a great week.